This week on Erotic Awakening, Frenzy, Hearts and Collars, and Austin. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. The Erotic Awakening podcast is grateful to the support of our patron community who receive ad-free early access to the podcast, free ebooks, exclusive chats, and all kinds of other content. Thank you to all of our supporters, including our newest one, Caitlin. Hi, Welcome, Caitlin. Caitlin. Uh, Caitlin, you have an email in your inbox giving you links to all the secret stuff. Go check it. Awesome. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. Today on the podcast, we are going to be speaking with friend of the podcast, Unique, and we will be talking about frenzy, which is going to be a great topic for those getting ready to get back into going to real life stuff, if that is what you're getting ready to do. Both sub frenzy and top frenzy. Oh, yeah, that is a thing. It is indeed. But uh, before we talk about that, and we're going to get to that in just a second, we want to tell you about a uh, a new book that's come to our attention. <laughs> do you mean Hearts and Collars? I do mean Hearts and Collars, our brand new book. So all of the people that supported us on our, on our Indiegogo um, project, so all of those books and cards are in the mail. Everybody's got their um, Kindle versions. So we've been... Getting feedback from people as they've been receiving their books. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been pretty great. Now, instead of trying to tell you guys what a great book it is, which it is, we're just going to tell you what the, I'm going to tell you what some of the chapters are. And you decide for yourself, well, that sounds valuable. I need to know more about that. Uh, this is all about power exchange. And it includes chapters on both how to become a great leader and how to be a great follower, high protocol, rituals spirituality and power exchange, which I'm really uh, happy with. And I'm happy that it came out to be about 20 pages of writing on that. Mm -hmm. The expanded victim survivor thriver that you wrote, and that's 30 pages. Right. Instead of uh, the three paragraphs or so it was in the last book. Yeah, it's a lot of pages now. And and speaking of things that we've extended, expanded upon from the last book, we uh, have expanded upon porch time, Mm -hmm. as well as a variety of other communication techniques that are brand new to our writings. Uh, You particularly liked writing about submissive versus wife. I liked writing about the punishment dynamic in power exchange and whether it's still (laughs) valuable. Uh, All kinds of really interesting stuff. So lots of topic headings, like you said, and lots of um, minor headings, lots of paragraphs, lots of different stuff under each Right. Chapter. So how many pages are there? 300 and... 347. So we put a lot of work into this book. It's, it's a pretty thick book. and um, But still, the way our formatter, the person we hired to format the book, they did a really good job because our last Power Exchange book, people loved the white space. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't have as much white space, but it's not academic fine print either. I'm very visual. I love the way the text and everything turned out in this book. Yep, absolutely. So we are proud of our latest book. You can be proud of us or go get your own copy. Uh, (laughs) Hearts and Collars, 20 Years in a Power Exchange Relationship, available at Amazon or just head over to eroticawakening.com. If you want it signed, you have to do it 
at eroticawakening.com. And there is your promotional material from us today. But again, you know, it's more than just promotional stuff. We are actually legitimately very proud of this book. Mm-hmm. So we, we are. We gave up some of our Florida time to go sequester. <laughs> is that the right word? We, word? we sequestered ourselves in a hotel room for a weekend to put a lot of these writings into place. If you've been to some of our workshops, like my um, Survivor Thriver the Victim Survivor Thriver mm-hmm. Workshop or, um, you know, being a thriver in a power exchange relationship workshop. If you've been to that, if you've been to the Mindfulness Workshop, if you've been to some of our other workshops, some of these chapters are like all the notes from those workshops that we use plus stories, plus more, plus, you know, things we've figured out since designing those workshops, right? Mm-hmm. So just so much in there. And um, we did have someone that received their book Say, received the new book today, was so excited. It's huge. I loved the dedication that made me cry. Well, you'll have to see for yourself yeah. what makes you cry. But so It was a very heartfelt dedication. And it was interesting, the creation of the book, some of the photographs, some of the people that worked on it, uh, reflecting a lot of Oh, yeah. Interactions with the lifestyle. I don't want to give too much away, though. A kind, kind of our circle, yeah. So, yes. Our so, circle. so you need to you need to look at like the photo credits and the cover credits mm-hmm. and all of that's on what the copyright page. Who knows? Maybe uh, one that's of those, why we have an editor. One of those beginning pages. So yeah. So uh, <laughs> let's talk about frenzy. So Don, recently we have started to go to events again. We made it to our first big event a couple of weeks ago, and we did another one this last past weekend. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we've noticed is that people are out there in droves. And we've mentioned in the past um, that thing that drives people maybe sometimes too fast to (laughs) connect or try to connect or try and get some play in that kind of thing. The whole frenzy thing. That whole frenzy thing. Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about that frenzy thing with friend of the show, Unique. Unique, thanks for being on tonight. Thanks for having me tonight, guys. I greatly appreciate it. Our pleasure. So when we were bouncing some ideas about topics, you had brought up the idea of frenzy. And tell our audience what your what your definition of that is. To me, frenzy is basically jumping in, head or feet first, with little to no research, resources, or support. Hmm, that's a good one. Yep. So, and that would be a, a good definition for newbies that are experiencing frenzy. Though after COVID, I know some of us uh, long timers are experiencing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. As well. <laughs> and, and I guess it, it's normal enough to be um, excited about, you know, something you've heard about or read about, or, or maybe just stumbled upon. Mm -hmm. Um, what is, what's the big drawback to frenzy? Shouldn't it be good that we're excited and we're jumping in and, and, and trying all the things to me, honestly, we should, but it's one of those things where I, in my personal experience and my, I've done this for, 14 years I've gone from the I've climbed the ladder from slave to dame and I've noticed that when new people come into the lifestyle no matter how they've heard about it they seem to want to ask for advice 
I see that they are looking for a mentor. And when they've reached out to me personally after getting to know them, I give them that advice. Then to me, sometimes they don't seem to take it. They decide that they're going to do it their way, which is completely fine. But then all of a sudden, they basically kind of poof. They disappear. And Mm -hmm. I find out later on that they were harmed either physically, mentally, or emotionally by somebody who took them as a new person and took advantage of them not knowing really what all was going on. So, and we do hear of that happening. And um, it, it's, it is because we just want to jump in and we forget that this stuff can be dangerous. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if sometimes people also feel like they they have a false sense of security in that they assume that people who have been around for a little while might have better intentions than they actually have. Well, I mean, in, in every community throughout the United States, there's always people in sheep's clothing. We, we all know this. It, it happens more often than not. And to me, it's one of those, if, you're willing and wanting to learn and to try new things. I personally will never stop anybody, but I'd be, I, I literally tell them like, Hey, if you want to learn about, let's say you want to try caning. Okay. That's great. Find somebody you'd get comfortable with or go to a class that's doing it on one-on-one one-on-one caning and ask the, the, um, instructor hey i'm new i would like to at least try one whack would you be willing to do so you know stuff like that because that's how i did it with a lot of the things that i'm into now as far as you know electricity play and um fire and needles and stuff like that i went to classes and i asked the instructor this is new i would like to try it what should i do Mm-hmm. So, which is good advice. And there's events out there like Kinky College that offers something called tapas. And basically it's like little stations. So like mm-hmm. for two hours, they have um, uh, people with experience running each of these stations and you get to go try it out. At the Columbus space, we had the Kink Exploratorium. So, and um, which was all like basic 101 stuff, but Unfortunately, well, we're at the end of COVID, so not those aren't as available as they used to be. So hopefully we can get that geared up again. What do you think that would what do you think the responsibility, if any, of those veterans that are hanging around? Should we be saying no to new people until their frenzy calms down or well? Maybe I kind of that to me it's kind of a yes or no deal with that with that question only because if you tell somebody no you kind of discourage them from wanting to venture out but if you say yes you may cause some type of again mental emotional or physical harm that 
obviously without proper negotiation and knowledge that you're not aware of. What, what do you say to people that say this, this isn't a real thing that were, were that people that are, yeah, they're new to the lifestyle, but they're, they're adults. They can make their own decisions and we don't have to coddle them. Uh, we should just let them do whatever the hell they want. Meaning that frenzy isn't a real thing. It, not necessarily that, that frenzy is not a real thing, but that. The idea of protecting them. Through the idea, frenzy? Right. That we shouldn't be protecting anybody. It, I mean, the thing is, is like, no matter how much experience you have in the lifestyle, um, something can always go wrong. Always. It's one of those things where nothing is a guaranteed safety, even with all the precautions taken. So it's one of those things where it's like those of us who have been in the lifestyle long, have the experience. We were all new once, too. And I personally think that sometimes we may need to think back on how we started out and look and see how we are now and tell, and even it's like with, you know, with, as a new person coming in and they talk to you and they ask you questions about all that, you let them know, this is what I experienced when I first came in. And this is how I've grown since then. Whether they take that idea and use it for themselves, obviously as adults, that's entirely up to them. But at the same time, because I've personally seen many different people who have been new come out to, you know, munches and stuff like that. And I watch who they talk to. They talk to me and I see how they interact with everybody and then I let them, you know, I don't personally like watch them like a hawk, mm -hmm. but it's one of those things where I'll notice after a few months or so that they're, they've disappeared. And I know, you know, personal lives outside of the lifestyle get into the mix. So I assume that, you know, personal life got involved but then when I reach out to them after a little while and I find out that, oh, I played with X, it didn't go well. So I decided this wasn't for me. I feel I feel like as my personal self, I feel like I should have could have done a little bit better reaching out. But again, I'm nobody's keeper. I'm nobody's babysitter. And adults are going to do what adults are going to do. Mm hmm. So, so basically, um, what I'm hearing is, and, and what I try to tell people as well, is to try to be patient. Don't jump in to play with the first person that has time for you, right? Ask yeah. around. Agreed. Vet them, you know, find out what other people think about them. And I, I'm one of the slow ones. Even as much frenzy as I feel, I usually watch people for a long time before I ask them to play, but I also jumped into this community with a partner, you know, Dan and I jumped in together. So we were able to feed each other's frenzy, you know, yeah. someone that we trusted. So coming in as a single person, that's gotta be rough. 
See, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm gnawing at the bit right now myself. <laughs> yeah, see, when I first started back in California, um, I met a man who was a master and he took me in and I did not necessarily realize until a mutual friend of ours noticed how my demeanor and my personality had changed since being with this master that I was being taken advantage of and was used in base. Basically I hate to use the phrase, but I was basically used and abused until I was rescued. Mm -hmm. So once I realized that because I was so new and I jumped in head first, I don't want, I don't like hearing the stories about that and I don't like seeing it happen. But unfortunately I am only one person. I can't, you know, I can't and physically, mentally, and emotionally won't be able to stop anything like that from happening to somebody else. If I can, by explaining to them how I, how I grew and they take it to heart and they go and they, you know, as you said, become patient, then that's great and fantastic. I, I would love to see that more, but again, it, doesn't always happen that way. Mm -hmm. Do you, you had mentioned earlier that you started as a follower and then you became a Dame. Do, yes. you, do tops suffer from frenzy as well? I do think some tops suffer from frenzy. Um, I do feel that during, especially play scenes, they may get into that floaty space and not necessarily pay attention to what exactly is going on. I know there's a lot of doms that I've seen throughout my years who come in brand new, no matter what the age, and they're like, oh, I'm a dom, I'm a master. And it's like, just because of, you know, that uh, BDSM test.org thing. <laughs> they take the test. They're like, oh, well, I'm 100% dumb. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> Me, personally, I use it as a guideline. It gives me an idea of what potentially things could happen. But it's like, as me becoming a dame, I, when I was getting ready to top somebody for the first time, I was all gung-ho excited negotiations were completely done and I still messed up. Yes. I had a, and I even had a spotter. I have, I had my partner with me who I've been with for over eight years now. He was my spotter and he realized he stopped the scene dead in the tracks and goes, you messed up because I wasn't paying attention. I got so into the moment and got into that frenzy of, Ooh, I get to top somebody that I did something wrong. Mm -hmm. Luckily, luckily it wasn't anything harmful, mm -hmm. but it taught me, okay, I need to pay, be a little more focused when it comes to topping somebody, no matter what the scene is. Mm 
Okay. Fantastic. One one more uh, question for you, if you don't mind. Okay. What advice would you give? One piece of advice you'd give somebody who's coming into things, be it whether they're a, uh, a bottom or a top, as the brand new coming into things? The best advice I can always give is ask questions and keep asking questions to everybody and everyone you meet. The take the same question, ask it to three different people. You'll probably get three different answers and take A, B, and C and mix it into your own. Very cool. cool. If someone had wanted to ask questions and they wanted to ask you questions, how could they get a hold of you? Well, I'm on FetLife as um, it's... It's my name is unique, but I have two dashes next to it. Fantastic. Cool. Awesome. Unique. I know we've been trying to get this podcast, this interview together for a while. I appreciate your patience between <laughs> Not the a problem. Time zones and <laughs> weather and everything else, but I'm glad we got it done. Um, other than that, I hope you have a fantastic night and uh, thanks for talking with us. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we got to do this. All right. Let me... Don, you know how I feel about going to Austin, Texas. I love the bats. I love the food. Oh, yeah. I love the music. But what I really love is knowing when I'm going there to present at Gwen, uh, also known as the group with no name. But I can never remember the date. Well, keep up with all of our events, book news and discounts and more via the Erotic Awakening newsletter. And get your EA shout outs like Gail from, from Massachusetts and Anna from Russia and Caitlin from Tennessee. Awesome. So head over to eroticawakening.com and subscribe today. So that's about it, Dawn. Other than that, we have a couple of fetishes that we're going to talk about. Um, I got some tentacles. We'll get to that, too, probably. <laughs> uh, Dawn, the first one, how do you feel about plushophobia? Which is actually, I can say that word. Plushophobia? A fetish plushophilia. for... Plushophilia. Oh, okay. <laughs> A fear of stuffed animals. But we can talk about the fetish. Plush, plushophilia. A fetish for stuffed animals. I was like, phobia? I could see that as a phobia. So, um, as a philia, a fetish for stuffed animals, these people may have a kink specifically for, like, teddy bears, <laughs> right? And they may be furries. We, found, we did a review on Reddit porn. Mm-hmm. couple of podcasts ago, and apparently there are numerous communities on stuffed animals on the Reddit. So, awesome. But how do I feel? I'm not sexually turned on by stuffed animals. I was just in our storage today, because we're, we're back in Columbus right now. We're minimizing storage. I kept some things thinking we'd be back in a year, and if we didn't like this, we would have some stuff in storage. If we did like it, I'd minimize again. I'm minimizing again. I just came across my toolboxes. Two box. You remember how many stuffed animals I used to mm-hmm. have? Yep. I have two little itty bitty Amazon boxes. One's my teddy bear from when I was one year old, and a couple of other things are gifts from the kids and Big D and stuff like that. But none of them sexually turn me on. I, I don't have fantasies, and even if I think about furries, hmm. Now I'm thinking about it. I could do furries. Do you remember the show? The Guild. Mm-hmm. And it was, damn it, what's his name? 
uh, red shirt guy, not red shirt oh, guy. He uh, read Wheaton. red shirt. He read West, the book red West, shirt. Wes Wheaton. Will, we- Will, Will Wheaton. Wheaton. Yes, Will yes. Wheaton. So yeah. Will Wheaton was dressed up as a furry on the guild. And um, I could see making out with him, but I don't fantasize about it. Yeah, it doesn't. I, do you remember that you and I went to go check out a hotel that we were going to hold an event at? And we were while we were walking around, it just so happened to be in the middle oh, of yeah. a furries event. For our first PXS. It was the hotel we had the first PXS, and there was furries running around. And, you know, so if I sat here long enough, I could think of a furry with their cock exposed, taking me on all fours. See, that would be hot, okay, right? Okay. Right? Or with a strap on. Yeah, but you're really or something like that. To but make I'm really that stretching fit. it to make that fit because it's just, not something I've done automatically. I'll yeah. just make it easy. No. No. Don't work for me. <laughs> All right. So what about pony play, Dan? Because I mean, you've got a story. So pony play. You do. A kink for acting like a pony or its master. Ponies can wear everything from blinders to bits to bridles to fake ears and hooves. They don't have tails on this list. Oh, my God. That's one of the big things about ponies. They love their tails, whether they're strapped on or inserted. Um, ponies are trained by their masters and may even do manual labor. So like you, you have a, a story. Around. Yep. You have a story and I have a story. So, so the only um, – we used to have some friends that were into pony play and we didn't – I didn't understand it at all. Until uh, the friends had the one, the one partner dress in pony gear and be a pony and take me for a ride. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of cool. I wouldn't call it a fetish of mine because I've not sought it out since then. But I do understand it better. Mm-hmm. So, And it's kind of funny because some of the first people we met in the kink community mm-hmm. were um, pony players. And it's funny because as I was cleaning out storage today, I was also going through my pile of naughty magazines and the one on top was called Equus Eroticus, mm-hmm. I think is how you pronounce it. And our friends, the one that you're talking about that you took the ride on is in that copy, which is why I kept it. Right. So they are in there and one, one of them's passed at this point, And the other one is how we ended up in Austin, Texas the first time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they had a horse ranch and actually did pony play weekends there. So there were show ponies and cart ponies and work horses. Oh, and we knew, oh, can you think of his name? Because he's passed as well. Trigger. Trigger. Yep. Trigger the human horse. So um, it's ponies and horses and, you know, so just fantastic stuff. We've got current friends that are also um, pony players and it's, it's neat to watch their, their, their get up, right? Their bridles and their Mm -hmm. tails and their, oh, it's, it's fantastic. I love it. Is it a kink of mine? No, it's, it's. It hasn't been a kink of mine. When we did the pet parade and I decided to pretend to be a kitten, that's about as far as I've gone mm-hmm. <laughs> with that. And, and I, I was going to say with that role play, but, but for some of them, it's not role play. You know what I mean? For some, it is. For some, it feels like their persona. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to call yeah. it role play. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, not, not a kink of mine, but. If you are into pony play, there's a ton of resources oh, out there you can check so out. So many resources. Have we interviewed a pony player in a while? No, not in a while. I know we've done puppies. I don't know about ponies. So 
cool. And, and then Don, this yes. last one, um, and don't 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 overreact when I suggest this one. Mm-hmm. The kink of pregnancy. Mm. You know. <laughs> Uh, the kink that goes beyond, you know, just more than just that pregnant glow. Um, also known as pregophilia. Pregophilia. Um, do you got any interest in pregnant women? You know, I used to. I, I know you used to. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it. So I would look at pregnancy porn. And, and I always just felt bad for the baby. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe its head was getting <laughs> knocked into him. Wow! And it, you know, so yeah, I went kind of far with that. So, I yes, they have a glow. Yes, the the women are beautiful. I don't, I don't really have a fetish for it though. I I like you said. I used to have a fetish for it, and I could not tell you where it went. But I've not. It's certainly nothing that I seek out anymore. Um. Isn't it kind of odd that a fetish disappeared, or is it? Yeah, oh, well, I think it is, especially since there's no, I can't put my finger on what, you know, was the, it's not like there was a thing that happened that made it disappear. So it wasn't like abrupt, it probably just kind of faded yeah, yeah. or something. I wouldn't mind talking to someone like a psychologist or something about that, you know, about fetishes coming and going. I would be and worried why about talking to a, fe- a psychologist about <laughs> fetishes, actually. We'd have to find one that was, you know, I just sent a book to, a, to one today that knows us uh-huh. in Wisconsin, where we're going to be in yeah, a couple of okay. months. Maybe we can get up with her and see if we can get her on the show. Very good. So, cool. But no, I do not have a thing for um, a fetish for pregnant women. And that's it. Nothing else on this list. Hey, Nothing why do you else. do that? I have tentacles. <laughs> Gosh, going through storage today, do you want to know how many tentacles I came across? And in that box right there, the few things I'm going to try on to see if I'm keeping clothing-wise, there is a tentacle tentacle dress. Oh. So, anyway. But, um, and Sam Wall keeps me... uh, fulfilled with tentacle <laughs> stuff, I guess would be the word. So he sent me a black and white comic strip. So it was kind of like a, a not not just a strip, like you remember from the old newspapers. Mm-hmm. I guess it was more of a graphic novel page. Okay, okay. Okay, storyboard. So I guess it's not a comic strip. It's more of a storyboard, maybe what they call it. And it was really cool because it was um, of a, of you see this girl walking down the street and the tentacles wrap around her and you know put put their one of their tentacles <laughs> across her mouth and then you see her just reaching for it and stuffing it back into her purse oh so <laughs> i haven't seen cute. that one yet i'll look forward to that one <laughs> that one is on instagram so if you look on our messages oh, on instagram it is there so awesome and no food on boobs no food on boobs um and speaking of instagram so i do try to put something on instagram almost daily right um i did put one of my my my, my boobs in my lingerie Ooh. so there was an almost naughty one on there but that's otherwise, not like us <laughs> but otherwise it's about our rv life and the dog and the traking and being out with friends and all this type of stuff i put me- memes out there of quotes and i try to um advertise vendors that we know. I try to give them a little bit of love so that you guys can find these vendors because they're all over the place, right? They're mm-hmm. on FET. They have their websites. They're on Etsy. They're, you know, whatever. So I try to, to find some that we know and, and get them out there for you guys. 
Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen, or just tell your friends. Just tell your friends. You took my line. I have one line with that. No. <laughs> so feel free to reach out to us. We love interacting with you. Contact us with questions, podcast comments, and just to say hi. You can find us as Dan and Dawn at the Twitter and FetLife. Or look for us as Erotic Awakening on Instagram. Use the links from the Erotic Awakening website for Facebook and Discord. Discord, Discord. Hop and hop and hop and conversations on there. Indeed. Or just email us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. <laughs>